Today we're going to start like we did last week with a question. Last week's question was, what are you afraid of? And today, we're going to go from fear to peace. So the question is, have you found peace? Maintained peace? When I read Psalm 34 and the portion that was quoted in 1 Peter chapter 3 by Peter, this line stuck out. Seek peace and pursue it. Why does it say both? Isn't seeking and pursuing kind of the same thing? Why am I seeking peace and pursuing peace? Because there's an emphasis there about staying after it, going after it. And it also tells me that peace can be elusive, can't it? Peace isn't something that you take for granted or that's always there. And when it's not there, you need to seek it out again. You need to pursue it again. So today's focus from a whole variety of scriptures, I'm going to give your Bible a workout today, to look at the peace of God or the peace from God, peace in our lives that all of us want, especially during difficult days, especially as we pray daily that peace would come to the Ukraine, that this this war would stop because that is the most devastating aspect of the lack of peace when people, people pick up weapons and the weapons of this modern age are worse than ever. And so as we think and pray about peace in Europe, let's also go right back to our own hearts, to our own lives and ask ourselves that question. Have I found peace. Jesus came to give us peace. We see this from even before he was born. If you remember the the story of the events as recorded in Luke chapter 1 before the birth of Jesus, we have the story of the birth of John the Baptist and his father, Zechariah. And after not believing initially that he was going to have a child or his wife would have a child in their old age, then God basically took away his ability to speak until the child was born. And the first thing he said when John, that is John the Baptist, was born to his wife was a prophetic word which is recorded for us in Luke chapter 1 toward the end of this long chapter. It's 80 verses long. But what he talks about is the purpose of his son John who is going to basically make the way, pave the way, prepare the way for the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So this is toward the end of this prophecy, and he's speaking at this point about the one to come named Jesus, who would be the Christ. Verse 79 simply says this, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And that then is the end of that prophetic word from Zechariah. To guide our feet into the path of peace. I chose this photo as a backdrop today because I want us to get this idea that that peace is not a destination so much as a journey. It is a path that we continue to walk on and sometimes we lose our way and we can't find peace or lose peace within ourselves or with someone else and we want to find the way back. So, so get this idea in your heart and mind that peace that you desire and hope for and pray for is something that we have to continue to seek out 
and pursue along this path that Christ has provided. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 27, some very familiar words here. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Peace is what he promised to us. He says the same a couple of chapters later in John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And then I won't take time to read these, but when we look at the, at the resurrection stories, which will come up very soon as, as we are now in Lent looking forward to, to Easter, the events recorded in Matthew and in Luke and John about the resurrection appearances of Jesus, on all four of these occasions, and they are four separate occasions, from Luke chapter 24, it is the, the two disciples that he spoke with on the road to Emmaus. And in John 20, three different verses, 19, 21, and 26, he's entering a room or meeting with someone. Each time... In all four of those episodes, the first thing that Jesus said in his resurrection, resurrected self is, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. So there's something about peace that, that he knew that as the resurrected Lord, he is bringing to God's people. He's bringing to his followers. He wants them to know that peace is with them. The history of the church and in many traditions, we say, you know, Peace be with you. And what do you reply back to them? And also with you. Maybe we don't do that here at St. John's, but it's, it's, it's a good reminder about peace. That, that peace is something that should be shared with one another. It's not just that I have my peace from God, I'm good. Just like forgiveness. We receive peace from God, we give it out. We receive forgiveness from Christ, we forgive others. And that is what we... Jesus came to give us peace so that peace can be shared. So have you found peace through Jesus? There's a phrase in Ephesians chapter 6. This is the section of scripture that um, is called the the armor of God, where Paul is is taking the, the various pieces of a protective wear a soldier would wear, the armor a soldier would wear in his time, and then comparing each piece to, to how we are to, to be dressed in, in terms of being ready to serve God because it is, it's a war that we are in, really, that, that the, the enemy always tries to, to get at us and to destroy us, so how can we be prepared for battle, if you will? And Paul writes about that. I'm going to pick it up in the middle of that description in the 15th verse, um, 14th, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That, that phrase, gospel of peace, is only found right here in Ephesians 6. That's nowhere else in, in the Bible. Gospel of peace. And I think it's significant that as, as, as Paul goes kind of head to toe on, on what a soldier needs to have, he gets to the feet. 
And he talks about peace. So there again, we have our feet, our walk, our journey, the path of peace. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is what has provided that peace to us and for us. And because, you know, and the question then is, have your steps, your choices led you toward peace? As I look back on, on the path I have walked, perhaps very recently, or maybe you want to look much further back, where have I gone? Where have I gone wrong? What, what could I have done better that I can learn from in the future so when I get to a similar fork in the road, I don't want to go there again. I don't want to make that mistake again. So how can I learn from my past steps so that, Lord willing, as I trust in him, he can help me to make better steps going forward, better choices going forward because my feet are fitted with the gospel of peace, the gospel that leads me in the right direction, the gospel that leads me toward peaceful relationship with God and with one another. Peace between us and God has already been accomplished. This is such a great news, is great, such great news. As, as we think about desiring peace and where that peace comes from, the source, the foundation of our peace. Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, the beginning of that first verse, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Notice how this is written in the past tense, it is already done. It is already accomplished. It is already complete. It is already for you to walk into what Christ has done. We have been justified through faith. Faith. We have peace with God. Now, you might not be walking in it right now or experiencing it, but it is ready to go because he is ready to go because what he has done for us was done 2,000 years ago and has been laid out for everyone to walk in when they choose the way of faith in Jesus, the one whom God has sent for us. That is our path to peace. And so this is something that it, it, it's not as if God's holding back. You know, you're praying to God for peace. I need peace, I need peace. As if there's something he hasn't done yet to make it happen. It is always available to us through our choices, our choice of faith in the one whom God has sent. And that peace is available to us regardless of circumstance. I don't know what it is like to live in Ukraine right now wondering if my town is going to be bombed tonight or this afternoon. I don't know what it's like to live there and, and to lose friends and relatives. I don't know what it's like to, to as, you know, as, as a man to stay back to help defend my nation as, as, as my wife and daughters go off to Poland or wherever other nation is thankfully going to welcome us there and care for us while this tragedy is taking place. But I do know this, that despite all of those circumstances in what war is and what war does, Peace with God is still available. Do you believe that? Do you believe that peace with God is available even when the world is at war? 
Do you believe that peace with God is available even when your world is at war? People around you are at each other or fighting or perhaps even even within your own family, your own friendships. I mean, we, we want to have peace in all those areas, but as the song goes, let there be peace on earth and let it begin where? With me. See, that's what it comes back to for us. Personally, individually, we can experience peace beyond our circumstances because it's always ready to go. It's always there. He is always there. Now, it's still hurtful and trusted, frustrating when those around us refuse peace and walk away from the path of peace, but your peace with God is not dependent upon the conditions of the war or the lack or presence of war around you, whatever kind of war. Peace with God is always there because Christ has accomplished that for us. Are you experiencing peace with God through Christ? Today, peace with others depends on our words. This goes back to our, our main text this morning from 1 Peter chapter 3. Notice in this chapter, Peter is writing about getting along with one another, and which is a theme that, of course, Paul writes about in just about all of his letters, the, the, the unity in the body, the um, to, to prevent division and, and, and find ways to, to work together, get along, and, and when things go bad, to reconcile with one another. Um, so he talks about there in, in 1 Peter in chapter 3, like-minded, sympathetic, love one another, uh, be compassionate, be humble, uh, don't repay evil for evil or insult for insult. And then he says this, on the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called. And note that line. To this you were called. And then he quotes the psalmist from Psalm 34. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So the main context, the main expression that Peter is encouraging and warning against is how we use our words for good or evil. And isn't that where all war begins? People don't pick up physical weapons to harm one another without something happening way before that. And sometimes it is the the dumbest little thing in the moment that makes someone angry, hurts someone else, and then that hurt piles up when it's not reconciled. That hurt then takes sides and people take up sides and then other actions are taken against one another that eventually have nothing to do with the original hurt, but then... You hurt me, I'll hurt you. You pick up a knife, I'm going to get a gun. You have a gun, I'm going to get a cannon. You get a cannon, I'm going to get a missile. And we understand 
it doesn't take a really, a really brilliant person to, to see just the escalation of war and weapons that can happen so much. But when we trace it back, what caused the pain to begin with? Was it an action or was it words? And that should be a sobering reminder to each one of us to guard our words. In Ephesians, Paul also writes about this in the fourth chapter, in the 29th verse, when he says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate one to another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. There's that idea of forgiveness again. From God to me, then me passed on to others. Because people do say hurtful things. When you look at that 31st verse, that list of hurtful things, every one of those, at least in part, except for brawling, I suppose, is verbal. Bitterness starts in here, but you can say a bitter word. Rage can do other things, but you can say things with a rageful tone and certainly an anger-filled tone. Slander and malice, all of those are words. What disrupts peace in our lives? It is words, misplaced, mis, um, ba- ba- the bad choice of words that we use to, to other people. And when you've been hurt by a zinger, and it really does hurt deeply, your first instinct is usually not, well, I'm going to be nice to them. Now, hopefully, by God's grace, we can, we can receive it that way, but at least initially, it's going to hurt. Of course it hurts. And what do you want to do? You want to return something to them. You want to take that verbal assault, that verbal weapon, and give them at least what they gave you back. And then it begins. And sometimes it doesn't end. How many of you know of two family members or two friends who literally haven't spoken in years? Maybe you have those people in your life. And as Paul writes about, sometimes people don't want to be reconciled. And that's why he says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And, it, and it's hard when they don't want that. It's hard when you've tried, but they don't. But there's only so much that you can do. But have you at least tried with that person? Have you tried lately? Well, I tried before. It hasn't worked. Well, is it worth trying again? Take some time and then try again. Take some time and try again. I mean, aren't relationships lifelong? This is, the, this is what Paul is writing about here. This is what Peter is writing about here. This is what we see again and again in the messages to the churches of Jesus Christ in that first century because the way those churches were established and the problems they faced are still the same problems that the church faces today, that any church anywhere faces when we don't control our words. Unwholesome talk breaks peace. Are you at peace with others?
joyful, thankful prayer will give you peace and guard your heart. Another familiar passage from Paul to the Philippian church in chapter 4, beginning at the fourth verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you need more peace in your life? How's your prayer life? How much are you praying? How, how often are you praying? What are you praying when you go to prayer? It, it, if, if my prayer life is, comes down to, Lord, my knee really hurts and I'm tired of this. Would you please fix it? God, my right ear has been ringing for a long time and I'm really frustrated and, and, and tired of that. And it's really limited to my life, Lord. So would you please fix it? Sometimes that's how my prayers sound, <laughs> okay? Now, it's not that God doesn't care about Paul's knee or his ear or the other concerns I have in my life, but I don't need to lead with that in prayer. In fact, I shouldn't. Joyful, thankful prayer. So, Let's back the train up, Paul. Let's start that prayer over. Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you that I have two feet to walk on and go places. And it hurts a little bit, but I can still move. I praise you. Lord, my hearing isn't what it used to be, but I can still hear. I can hear beautiful music. I can hear the birds that are starting to emerge with the spring. I can hear the voice of those that I love. I can listen to someone who's troubled or sharing exciting news with me. I thank you for that, God. I thank you. I thank you for your love for me. I thank you for your presence. I, th I thank you for life itself, for, for the love I have in my home with my wife, for my children who I miss being at home, but I'm so blessed by the lives that they've chosen as, as young women and, and their husbands and my grandchildren. And, and you know what? I start to feel better now. I really do. Oh, by the way, my knee really hurts, and I continue to ask you to help me to heal that through the doctor, through whatever, but, but help me with that. And with my ear, if there's, the doctor said there's not much they can do about it, but I believe that you can heal that, God. And if you choose to do that, praise you, but I'm going to praise you regardless of whether or not my ear stops ringing or not. You see the difference? How you begin and the attitude you bring to prayer? It's most important that you come joyfully into prayer when you feel the least amount of joy. It's most important that you come to prayer with a thankful attitude when the last thing you felt in the last hour or a couple of days or weeks has been thankful. Start with what you need the most, and what you need the most is joy and thankfulness, and then comes the promise. Then comes the fulfillment, and the peace of God will guard your heart. Not just that the peace of God is there, but the peace of God will help you from going back to that same angry place or that frustrating place where anger and frustration kind of becomes, take, take center stage in your heart, in your life, in your, in your words, in your attitude, and in your prayer.
It's not easy to do, but it's important. And that's why Paul emphasizes this when he says in that fourth verse, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says it again, rejoice. Make the choice to rejoice every day, especially when you don't feel like it. That will help you gain the peace of God in your heart and life because you're choosing joy over pain from the get-go in your prayer. Are your prayers filled with joy and thanksgiving, regardless of your circumstances? So I put these questions throughout this message this morning, and we'll review these really quickly. And maybe one of these is going to stand out to you this morning. Maybe one of these is is the place in which God has shown you If you're lacking peace in your life somewhere, here's where you need to start. Here's what you need to seek. Here's how you pursue that peace. Have you found peace through Jesus? Depending on him and him and him alone, first and foremost, for your source of peace. Have your steps, your choices led you to a place of peace, toward peace? Are you experiencing peace with God through Christ. Again, depending upon him and what he's already established for you, are you at peace with others? And in as much as it depends on you, have you done what you can to bring peace back into that broken relationship? Are your prayers filled with joy and thanksgiving? Seek peace and pursue it. Keep seeking, keep pursuing. Have you found it yet? Will you continue to find it? Let's pray. Lord God, may peace come to our lives as we trust in you in all things, in all ways. May your word go forth in our lives. The truths identified in these scriptures from the Bible today, may they become your word to us. And that is the truth of Christ in and through us and around us. We ask for this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.